Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Happy New Year, my Busy Mumsies. Ah, we did it. We're in. Happy 2024. Ash here. I'm excited to welcome in the new year with you with a new Busy Mumsy chat. Today, I am welcoming Shakira Akabusi onto this week's show. Shakira is a force. She is a mama bear of four. She is a fitness expert. Now, I know, I know New Year's is all about New Year, New You, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? Hundreds of millions of women are having children all day, every day. And when they're given their glorious, delicious child and they're sent on their merry way home, most Women have no clue what to do with themselves emotionally and physically. And let me tell you, Shakira is here to help you, to guide you. She is a fitness expert. She is a postnatal expert. We need like a thousand, we need, we need to clone Shakira, essentially. We're going to get into the, the ups, the downs, the all around, just all of it. I'm, can you tell I'm excited and I've had a lot of coffee? Oh, yes. Let's go. Let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy Chat. Shakira Akabusi, welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. And happy freaking New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year. (laughs) I know people always feel different about the New Year. Like, I always love it. Yeah, I mean, that is some enthusiasm as a mama bear of four. I mean, you got through Christmas, you got through New Year's. Here we are, a kickball changing. So tell me. Do you hold yourself accountable in the new year to hold a resolution or are you like, eh, I am just like onwards and upwards? Do you know what? So before last year, I never really did resolutions. Like, you know, I might have had, oh, okay, I'm going to be able to do five pull-ups or something, you know, whatever. But I never really was like resolute to have to stick to this new year's resolution. And then last year I gave myself a resolution that was know your worth. And it was so amazing all year to remind myself of that commitment I made to myself to, you know, know my worth in in various situations, whether that is work or relationships or, you know, social life or whatever it might be, business. And so that was really life changing to my whole mindset around the year. So I think I'm going to carry that one forwards for this year. So I think sometimes, you know, resolutions can be really good. I just think. Um, it's more about creating a mindset that you want to take forwards. You know, I, I 
I never do New Year's resolutions, but I did, when I moved to Uganda, I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> I just, oh my gosh. just did it. I mean, I, I told my mom and, and my brother. <laughs> Like in terms of like, I, I had a business in London that was running um, across different gyms and whatnot because I had lost my bricks and mortar. And this move was for me and my daughter and it was for no one else. And like, for me, it was like the first time I was like, I'm going to do this as like this new year's resolution, but in October that I'm going to hold this close to my heart. I'm not going to let anyone affect it and just keep it as is for as long as I possibly could. And I did. I mean, it, it just, it, it, it felt different, but in like a really good, like growing different, if that yeah. makes any sense at all. Yeah. And I find that like, no matter like if it's a Monday, beginning of the month, middle of the month, whatever that is, or as we're in a new year, it's kind of like you can set these certain little intentions, these little goals whenever yeah. to just kind of like keep you structured and grounded. Mm, mm. Yeah, exactly. Totally. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was kind of like my first one. I I, I don't know. I'm just going to move into the, I mean, I, I have game plans. Let's put it that way. I have game plans for this year, but I'm, I think I'm just going to continue to keep them really close to my heart and like yeah. see how things is yeah. Possible. Well, I want to talk about first about you and your abs because <laughs> as we are, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, <laughs> this is why I don't give anyone questions. You know, and then I, I obviously, I actually don't even know how they're gonna like roll off my tongue when I say it. I'm like, oh, sometimes I'm like, Ashley, shut up. But no, really, wow, your abs, holy mackerel. Four children were in a new year where a lot of people are in this mindset, new year, new regime, fitness. Shakira, you are a fitness expert. You are a, a face of many brands that people, you, people know to go to you. Oh. How did you maintain a healthy mindset with the bounce back culture that we live in? Because holy mackerel, back to your abs, they are stunning and gorgeous. You've had four children. Twins, by the way, my Lanta. How did you personally attack the mental side of that to then physically get to where you felt your strongest and your best? Okay, so wow, what a question. Um, I toss my hair. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, wow. Um, so firstly, the I, I I think the biggest thing for me with fitness is that I enjoy it. And I know that for some people that might not be that helpful, but but that is really key. And like exercise doesn't have to be one thing. If you're thinking, oh, you know, whatever your fitness goal is, if you want to lose weight or you want to get stronger or run faster or whatever your goal is, you know, it doesn't have to look one way. It doesn't have to be burpees in the gym or doing a hit class or doing a boot camp. It might be that you decide to do dancing. It might be that, you know, I took up jujitsu a year ago. It could be that you want to do swimming or there's so many different ways you climbing, whatever. There's so many different ways to be fit. So the, the most important thing is to enjoy it because that's when we see consistency and consistency is ultimately what's going to get us results. You know, I have to tell you, I have to chime in there and say, I started lifting heavy weights. Oh, Oh, nowhere was my name. Ashley Verma going to lift a heavy weight. <laughs> golly. I sure as hell love picking up a heavy weight now. I'm, yeah. I'm also 
33 and gravity is taking over. So, you know, you, you just got to start lifting heavy. But yeah. I'm hook, I'm line and sinker. It, I, I feel like revved from it. Yeah, that's it. And I think also, like, you know, when we have a goal, let's say goals, we're talking about new year now, but really, as you mentioned before, goals we can have at any time of the year. Anytime. And I actually find it really kind of important that I have, if, if I want to achieve something in fitness, I have to have an end goal, you know, so I, I have to say like, okay, you know, for example, jujitsu, that really works for me because you have the belt system and the stripe system. So I can see my progress and it's always really good just to acknowledge those little moments of progress. So I would say if you have a fitness goal, whatever that may be, allow yourself those little landmark points along the way. What are the things that you will celebrate along the way? So if you want to be able to run a half marathon, then let's celebrate the first mile that you do where you manage to jog, you know, the whole way around that first mile. Let's celebrate the first 5K. It doesn't just need to be that big, overwhelming goal. And going like, you know, often at the new year, people are like, poof, ev throw everything at it. And then you reach burnout. And that's not really. You also get broke real quick, especially when you're in a big city. Like people are like throwing out the money, like at all of the gyms. And then by January, yeah. like 31st, they're like, wait a minute, where'd all my money go? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes in big cities like London, there's quite a lot going on that you can also access, um, you know, for free. Like there's run clubs you can join and various initiatives and stuff. But yeah, exactly. You know, I think that sometimes with New Year, the, the problem that we can have is that people throw everything at it and it becomes really all or nothing. And it doesn't have to look like that. So for me, I love exercise. And because I love what I do, I know that I want to be consistent with it so if there's a week where I don't fit in a workout or I only fit in one workout or whatever it is I know that I'll get back to it when I can because I actually want to do it if it becomes a chore and it's something you have to do and it's a slog then let's look at what it is you're doing and and also there's a whole school of thought around like what motivates you so different people are motivated by different things you know some people are motivated they're like external motivators so they want to um, you know, it matters to them what someone else says or they're impacted by their environment and their surroundings or the weather that, you know, there's different things that motivate different people, whereas other people are motivated from the inside, like they've really got this strong scent, urge to do something. So find out what motivates you. There is no right or wrong necessarily. Find out what motivates you and then, you know, try to apply that in in a way that's going to help you stick to your stick to your goal and, and enjoy it more. Um, but I would say that, you know, when it comes down to how did I shake that mindset? Like I said, the, fir the first thing was definitely finding something I enjoyed. That was huge for me. Um, and then, and then like, I never felt that pressure. I know, you, you know, you said, oh, you've got a six pack and whatever, you've got abs or something, because I never felt that pressure to regain my baby body or whatever other phrases that there can be around that I never had that I was really quite happy to embrace this new body that I had and all its differences different the differences and the changes that took place but it never meant to me it never made sense that new or different had to mean weaker that didn't correspond I had just you know carried and birthed a human being you know, I'd faced a huge fear with, you know, injections and birth. And, and I got through this time where I was 
exhausted in pregnancy and I still managed to get up and do all these things. So I didn't feel weaker. I felt like I'd just done something amazing, you know? So I was like, okay, well, yes, this body is new and it's different, but actually I could, you know, we, we can build something amazing. And the, the postnatal period in particular gives us this really rare opportunity to build strong foundations. I don't, you know, I hadn't, you did, loads of people don't think about their pelvic floor or their deep core or how the different muscles are aligned and what it all means and diastasis recti. People don't think about that necessarily before, you know, going through pregnancy and afterwards. So it gives us this opportunity to, yes, it might feel slow at the beginning to be doing all these slow exercises, but if we can use this time to really create strong foundations, that's when then, you know, you're unstoppable years, years down the line. When did you find the love of postnatal and training like-minded moms that, that didn't know, for instance, like how, what to do after they had a baby? When, when did your love of training this way to help other women through their journey? Because you obviously found a niche that needs a lot of love. There's not, there's still, is, it's a lot of question marks out there, right? Yeah. With yeah. what we can, what we can't do, how we should do it. And for you then to create a brand strong, strong like mom, yeah. how did, how was this whole journey for you? I mean, you've got four kids. You're a little bit busy, Shakira. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the whole journey, I would love to hear it, but, but more, but also specifically with when did you really find that love and nurture of, I really want to go the, the postnatal route and really help other women. So that is a very easy question because there was a very clear moment. I was, um, when I became pregnant with my first son, everyone was telling me all the things I'd never do again. Everyone was like, you, you'll never, oh, well, you'll never sleep again. I mean, often in a jokey way, but you'll never sleep again or you'll never have a six pack. You'll never be as fast. You'll never have time for yourself. You'll never, you know, see your friends. All these things I would never do again. And it was such a weird experience. I, I couldn't remember another time in my life. Pardon? Is it doom and gloom? Yes, yeah, exactly. And I was like, this is weird. I don't think I've ever had this before where people are like, <laughs> keep telling me all these things that I will never be able to do again. Um, and then I remember reading an article in that, pre in that first pregnancy that said, and this was eight years ago now, but I, I'm not sure how much it's changed. But at the time it said only 5.5% of fitness industry professionals are qualified in pre and postnatal. And I was like, you know, to me, that is a huge failing on women from yeah. the health industry. Like many, many women will be pre and postnatal at some point in their life. So how come only 5% of fitness industry professionals understand what's going on in the female body? There is so much going on. So that's when I started to specialize. I'd already done, I was already personal training people and I'd already done sort of the basic level pre and postnatal qualification. But that's when I really began to specialize and and look into functional training movements and, you know, learn all about the female body, the biology, the animal instinct that goes with it, reading everything, got really geeky about it at that point. And it was really good to, like, learn on the job effectively, because as I was going through my pregnancy and that postpartum period, I learned so much. And then I was working with other women. Then I had my second pregnancy and the passion that grew you know through that so I was really interested at first I loved learning about it and sometimes I think the older we get the more we enjoy learning about something you know I really um enjoyed learning 
and reading about this new stuff and um and then and then working with women you know when you actually you know how I said different things motivate different people for yeah. me people um I, you know I, when I heard I got the feedback that I'd actually really changed someone's life that kind of recognition of like look the work you're doing matters to me that always motivates me more so then you know I just and I love I also love about my job I think that specifically with mothers you know how you're like oh you're really busy you've got four kids which is is true but actually like generally as motherhood there is like an understanding there and it is a really amazing supportive community like I know social media can be have pros and cons for me I've had such a positive experience because the mum community I think we all understand what it's like you know at different times throughout motherhood and you know we're all going to have ups and downs and there's a lot of compassion that comes with that and I loved being able to connect with women not just about their physical health but also about their mental well-being and you know in that way the more the more ourselves we're allowed to be like how amazing is that I can just be myself and I can show up on social media and say I've had a really difficult bad day and my children are sick or one of them is having a tantrum or they threw their food all over the place and and then you know and also impart my professional skills but being able to just be myself and meet other real people who are you know bringing their either their things that they need to improve or work on or insecurities and then people that are celebrating and sharing their successes and just have this really real experience is what really made me passionate about the industry. And then what kind of projected you forward to take pen to paper and to write Strong Like Mom Method and have that in a book to give to clients, to have anyone read? Like, how was that for you to see that physically in front of you, like, transpire? Yeah, that that was a huge moment. And like, I tend to be the type of person where I never really stop. You know how I said know, know your worth was my um, news resolution? Because actually, I'm always that type of person. I will always think, what is next? And I never take the time to really allow myself to feel like I've achieved something. I'll just think, you know, I need to do the next thing, next thing. And that was a moment when that book arrived where I was like, okay, I'm actually going to let myself really be proud of this moment. This is this is something amazing. And I'd always said I wanted to write a book. And the process is chaotic, trying to write a book. It was during the lockdown where I was trying to write the book and the kids were homeschooled and I was pregnant with the twins. So it was a lot. Um, but that was an amazing moment. And for me, there are a million different book ideas that I have, a million different things I could you know, write about, be really specific. But the thing with that book that I wrote is like everything that I know is in that book. There is not a question left unturned in terms of pre and postnatal health. It is all my knowledge. So it's, you know, if I was able to write another book, I might write like bite size, you know, bits of takeaway information. There is a lot in there, but it is all my expert knowledge. So I am I am really proud of that. And I, when when they came to me and said, um, you know, we, we pitched the book out, my book agent pitched the book out, and then uh, the, a couple of publishers came back and said, yes, you know, we'd, we'd be really interested in the book. My husband was like, so who's actually going to write the book? And I was like, well, I'm writing the book. He's like, yeah, no, I know you're going to, like, write the book, but then who takes it and actually writes the book? And I was like, me. 
I write the book. <laughs> and it was, you know, when you don't ne necessarily know a lot about that process, my husband was like, but at what point does like the ghostwriter come in and just write the actual book? And I was like, no, no, no. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and when it arrived well, and I'd written it, he was like, wow. I've had a few authors come on that wrote also during like the pandemic and everything. And they, they just said like, once they got into the thick of it, they all, they had that moment of like, oh my gosh, I had no clue that this was deadlines and an editor yeah. going, yeah, I need this many pages. I need this many pages. And like, I, it was, I, I can't even imagine with everyone at home. Well, it was a very humbling experience is the editing process. Like, I wrote so much. And then they were like, okay, we need to lose 30,000 words. Like, we've got to cut it out. And then I was like, but but it's That's all. That's a lot of words. It's a lot of words. And I was like, oh, but it's all so important. How do you trim that down? How do you trim? And, and with pre and post NATO, you've got to be so specific. You know, there's so many different eventualities, and I wanted to cover it all. But they were like, no, no, you've got to cut it back. So being able to look at your work and seeing this red pen everywhere, like, we think this can go. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, probably moments too like like wait a minute I wrote that at like four in the morning yeah like we were feeding and oh my gosh like <laughs> exactly but it, it had to go so we got it done we got it done and we got it down what advice do you have now for mothers who may be feeling overwhelmed or unsure about where to start with postnatal because I have a feeling you probably cover a lot of this in the book of yeah. now what now what how do you how do you like what are those kind of like beginning steps yeah okay so um the first thing that well the very first thing so before we sort of like don't before panic. the first thing no you don't panic the first <laughs> thing i would say is like um depending on your type of delivery you know whether it was a maybe an emergency procedure or you had some medical intervention there for many people we actually need to take space to just reconnect the body and mind because the two go so hand in hand. So we can't really just talk about physical rehabilitation if we're not talking about your mental well-being. And in my first two deliveries, I, you know, everything went really smoothly. In my third delivery with the twins, it was a cesarean, which was planned. But still, the recovery of the cesarean was like a shock to the system. And for, for a few weeks, I just had to focus on getting to understand the way that my body felt and that can take time and it can be a really emotional process for people um for various reasons you know if you've got a tear or you've got you know what it just feels different your your belly feels empty again now and so there is definitely that initial period of time um I had after that I felt all of that yeah yeah and that like I hadn't experienced that before personally um so that was that was definitely some uh, an experience um but then after that if we're looking at sort of physical recovery i would say and i know i keep saying when I, when i get asked this question i need to find a better way of saying this that sounds really engaging because it just sounds boring but <laughs> but i haven't found that way yet but breathing and posture so boring sounds so boring but honestly um they are the foundation things the first thing so like when I say breathing, I mean like being able to take an inhale with your shoulders relaxed and relaxing your pelvic floor, not pushing into your pelvic floor, just letting it relax. Because if we, if you, I, I often use my fist as an example. If I use a fist, like if I just keep this fist 
clenched and I don't ever inhale or release the fist effectively, it becomes useless. Even though it's like tight and strong, I can't actually do anything with it. I have to first release or inhale and then you get the function. And the pelvic floor is the same way or the core is the same way. So the first thing is being able to take a real deep breath, shoulders relaxed, pelvic floor relaxed, just practice taking some deep breaths because that will be the foundation of then being able to really get strength and function and power with the core when we get there. So I I don't find this boring at all. I actually find this all very fascinating. And I have to ask (laughs) you because, so I have like a a, a dance background. And so like through all of my years of dance and everything, it was like a corset and it was like tight. Mm -hmm. It was restricted. So when I found myself you know, on, on the other side of the pregnancy and knowing that I needed to do this 360 breathing and really allow yeah. the ribs to expand and things to relax. I panicked. Mm-hmm. I never thought, cause I have trained other clients with postnatal and talked about breath and everything, everything that what, like what you're saying, but when it came to me, I was so tight in my chest and shallow breath. I couldn't even touch low. Like I couldn't yeah. even like, like what other, like how can, like, you know, to like feel like down to your feet almost like you just like could not, I was so mm. restricted. And like, do you think that comes more from the mental side to like being able to like let go mentally to then allow your body physically to take over? Or do you think this, that's just like a lot of stuff that I learned, trained my body to do for so many years. It just couldn't let go of it. Well, I'm I'm sure it's a combination of both. But, you know, many women find that deep breathing difficult. You know, if you've had a pregnancy and the baby, if the baby's sitting up high or in fact, just generally in the third trimester, everything gets so full that we don't really necessarily take a deep inhale because you can't take a deep inhale in those later weeks. So in that initial, no. So in that initial postpartum period, you have to sort of retrain your brain. And that's what I mean when I say all this, like reconnect with your body. It's that it's learning to take that deep inhale again. And it does take work. You know, there's different techniques that I use with women, whether it's, you know, placing your hand on your lower abdomen and really allowing your, your yourself to feel your hands lifting as your abdomen expands as you're breathing, or we can tie a resistance band um, around the rib cage and I sort of hold it tight. And then when my clients will inhale, they'll feel that resistance against the resistance band. So there are ways that we can help to encourage that but it it does sometimes take work sometimes it doesn't sometimes you know women instantly feel that they can do it but that would definitely be the first step then in terms of posture I'm uh so again without boring everyone you know if you imagine your pelvis like a bowl of cereal I find this fascinating so keep talking (laughs) I love all of this as you um as your pregnancy goes on your and the bump expands the uterus expands the baby grows it's as if that bowl tips forwards you know and the milk sort of sloshes out the front of the bowl or something that is what happens to your pelvis your pelvis shifts forwards into this forwards position and what that means is that all of your internal organs that have the support of the bony structures of the pelvis suddenly if it's tipped forwards it's slipping off the bony structures and a lot more weight is is pushed onto the pelvic floor so if we want to rehabilitate the pelvic floor regardless of whether you've had a cesarean vaginal delivery medical interventions or not 
we want to work on realigning the pelvis so that we can alleviate some of that pressure. I have women come to me who are like, I've been doing my pelvic floor exercises for the last eight months and I'm still suffer with urinary incontinence or I have a degree of a prolapse. And actually what it's not necessarily about doing the pelvic floor strength work. It is about realigning the pelvis so that we can alleviate some of that pressure. The, the pelvis will generally uh, come largely back into position itself after about six months, but we can help that with exercise. And if you have other postural habits, sitting into your hip, carrying your baby on one side, carrying your car seat in the same side all the time, that again throws the pelvis out of balance. So breathing and posture are the first steps. You know, Then I would say, okay, we're looking at pelvic floor. I'm, I would generally pelvic floor strength, but for some women, it, they can have an overactive pelvic floor. So again, I have lots of people coming to me who are like, I'm doing all my pelvic floor work or they're using a pelvic floor trainer. You know, you get different uh, products that you can use to help train your pelvic floor, but I'm still noticing an incontinent issue. And in that case, often we can have an overly tight pelvic floor. So for example, myself, after my cesarean, I noticed really bad jaw tension. I kept clenching my jaw. I don't know if you felt this, like, did you have that? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I cracked pelvis too. Oh, oh, cracked. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm sure this all plays a part, but if you have trauma such as that in your, you know, in your pelvic area, the pelvis is directly connected to your jaw and also to the bottom of your feet. So if I have clients who come to me who have jaw tension, it would really indicate a trauma in the pelvis area once one full year postpartum my jaw like if i would travel and fly i thought my ear was going to explode everything was coming right into my left side of my jaw yeah everything it was insane and did you do work for that how did you I did some work for it um and just i i i just wasn't taking care of myself postpartum because i was taking care of a business and everyone else and, and then <laughs> a baby um and then started taking care of myself and then like things started to feel like they were back on track i didn't know i had a cracked pelvis i had an inch still of a cracked pelvis when i went into the doctor's um nine months postpartum oh my god where was how was where how did you experience the crack where was that they they just like right in the like right in the at the front yeah, at the front. Oh, okay, like the pubic symphony joint, yeah. Yeah, but and I don't know if that was like from all the walking that I did or I have yeah, so no I, I carried a very big baby. She was just shy of 10 pounds when I gave birth. Yeah, and so depending on where that was, like if it's right at the front of that joint of the pelvis, often but, women experience like sort of shooting pains, lightning pains with that pelvic girdle pain that they can yep. experience during pregnancy. And again, postpartum, you need to re rehabilitate that. If you're breastfeeding, you might notice that more because breastfeeding hormones, there's a hormone called relaxin that is produced throughout the entire pregnancy after two weeks conception throughout the pregnancy that loosens the, the primary role of that hormone is to loosen all the ligaments around the pelvis so that the pelvis can widen for baby to send, descend during birth. No. What is the pain called? The pelvic girdle pain? Yeah. The, um, pubis dysfunction? Yes. That's what yeah. I, mean, I had during the pregnancy. And then when the pelvis went, we discovered that I had this lovely crack because I couldn't shake sciatica. Okay. So yeah. it was, and this 
I'm, this is turning into like my 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 doctor. <laughs> yeah, but you know, so all of that is related. I ended, having, I ended up having C3, C4, C5 bulging discs. Oh my! Oh my gosh! I mean, oh, everything God, went. Journey. Everything went postpartum, like everything. Mm. But it was because I didn't recover properly and I was teaching on Zoom immediately and like ev- like the world was in topsy-turvy. So I, I didn't see a doctor, like I said, till like nine months later. It wasn't even, yeah. it, I mean, it was, it was a disaster, but it goes back to what you're doing is so unbelievably important. And I love that you are such a huge advocate for it to keep on going, but we, we do need to times a thousand of you to help. <laughs> Because I I think you're too busy, Shakira. I just do. (laughs) Well, do you know, I think what it is, it is, you know, we've just touched on a a few, and this is the thing with, sorry, we've touched on a few things. Yeah. Just now in this last 10 minutes, 15 minutes. What is difficult and overwhelming for many women pre or postnatal is that there are all these eventualities, you know, like, oh, do I have a tight pelvic floor? Do I have a, a weak pelvic floor? Do I need posture? Do I need breathing? Do I breathe too much? Do I relax my jaw, my feet? Like, you know, there's so much. There are, you know, if we could, I think the best we can do is obviously share the information, but try to empower women to really push for their answers. Because so often, you know, women go to their eight-week check and the, and the response will be like, okay, well... You don't have a very big prolapse. I think you'll be okay. Or oh, you've got a bit of, of leaking. That's just normal, but you'll be fine. And normal. then women don't ask any more questions. And it's it's about like, you know, how I, how I said to you at the very beginning, like people telling you all these things you never do again. And actually it didn't make sense to me that I've just created and birthed life and then everyone thinks you're going to be weaker. You, you don't have to be weaker. You can be stronger, more powerful, more confident, all these things. But sometimes it takes really pushing for your answers because we are also individual. So, you know, the, hence the 30,000 words I had to cut out because I tried to cover every single scenario for every single woman. But the answers will be out there. There will be answers. And you don't have to be like, oh, yeah, well, I've had a baby. So now my core is just done. You know, cause yeah. I'll hear people say that. Oh, yeah, I'm just finished. You know, I've had four kids and my body's just broken now. And it's like that. that, that doesn't have to be the way you live but I do understand that getting the information you know that works for each of the listeners to this podcast as individuals can seem really overwhelming you know and I try my best on my social media I throw out all sorts of different content on different days to cover different topics but ultimately going out there and I think that's the best we can do encouraging women empowering women to make sure they push for their answers well, you have 30,000 words times 100 for the new year <laughs> to get out there. What will we be seeing, Shakira, from you um, with your um, with your platform, Strong Like Mom? Like, what will we be seeing? What are you working on? What What are we going to be high-fiving and applauding you? <laughs> well, so um, I'm hoping, so there's a couple of exciting events hopefully that I'm going to be able to be a part of with some really great brands that would be great to be able to bring this information you know more to the forefront to make it more available to more women so that would of course be really exciting um I'm also going to be launching in the new year a very small program but the reason it will be small is because I want to be detailed where I'm going to take on five clients we're going to work together as a group just for 
10 weeks, potentially 12 weeks, where we'll work together really intimately as a group, working on, you know, postnatal rehabilitation, exercise, building strength, physical fitness. Um, those are those are kind of the big things that I have at the moment that I'm kind of working on. Yeah, I, there, there's a couple of other things that I'm just not certain about yet, but hopefully it will be a really great year. And I'm hoping that, you know, times are changing and there is more and more information being shared for women. And I'm looking forward to, to being a part of that. I love it. Well, before we sign off, Shakira, to pass that torch to that expecting busy mumsy, you are a mama bear for what beautiful words of wisdom do you have that you hold close to your heart that you would love to give to that expecting busy mumsy? I know I'm just coming in with the good questions. I can't help it, Shakira. I know. <laughs> I, do you know what? Actually, I will. I will end as I began with that New Year's resolution that I'm taking forward, which is know your worth, because mm. you know that is like I think integral. No one else needs to dictate how you live your motherhood or what your worth is. You need to know your worth, and whether that means you make sure you go in there and you get answers and you don't just struggle on with urinary incontinence or pelvic pain or whatever it is, make sure you get your answers. If it is, you know, so many times throughout motherhood, I have felt <laughs> underappreciated by my children, by, you know, whatever. There are so many times where your children are screaming at you or throwing something at you. And, you know, really knowing my worth, I know when my body needs a break. I know when it's like, do you know what? No. I need to create my own boundaries to protect myself. I am going to go to bed early. I am going to, you know, whatever. So it, it, we can mean it in a million different ways. If you are a business, you know, owner or, or you work as well, understanding where your boundaries are, just knowing your worth in all different scenarios, business relationships, fitness, health, sports, whatever, that would probably be my biggest tip for, for any mother, pregnant, postnatal, anything because like you know I think that's I think that's integral I'm grabbing it and I'm holding on to it Shakira Akabusi thank you so much for joining me for a busy mumsy chat thank you for having me that was so much fun thanks so much for listening to this week's show did you like it Adia yeah oh the enthusiasm I love it Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. <laughs>